0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. You know something for a second I was getting ready to say, today is August 3rd. It is after midnight and I really should get some sleep. But I just have something on my mind that I want to share with my cousins. Today is September 3rd, 2020. And I'm just chuckling a little bit because I'm watching this show called Love and Listings. I don't know if you guys had ever seen it before, but if you have VH1 and you like Ratchet TV, this is a show for you. Like, it's about real estate and and a group of people who come together. They work with different companies, but they come together to you know sell million dollar properties and their commission is like five and six figures but then their private life is so messy and and all of them are immature except for this one guy and i don't even know what his name is like the cast members they all have their name in the intro of the show, but this one guy, he, he's not like an official cast member, so I don't know his name, <laughs> but he is the most mature out of all of them, and I actually like his level of maturity, I like his manhood, um... I like how he's masculine. I like the way that he dresses. It's very dapper. And I like the way that he talks. And then we have um this girl. She's like the youngest one out of all of them. I believe she said she was 19 years old or 20 years old. But anyhow, she graduated um high school and went and got her real estate license and she's like making million dollar deals so you know I just find her to be I don't think she's she's very in your face she's loud she's ratchet which is what we love about ratchet TV we like the ghetto and the, the you know the neck movement and the finger pointing. Like, that's what we like with Ratchet TV, the fighting. That's why we watch the Ratchet. But this girl, she's like unnecessarily aggressive. And she seems to get put out of everywhere within five minutes of her entry. Now, I can say in some some of her arguments, she does have a very valid point. Then there's other things that she really should not take personal. But she does because she's childish. And you expect the average 20-year-old, you know, to be childish and petty and so forth and so on. So she kind of gets a pass with that. My thing with her is what she's fussing about is not what's bothering her. She's not really angry. She's hurt. Her heart is broken. And her hurt is coming out as anger. And I think that she needs to see a therapist and just really accept that whatever it was that happened to her, she needs to just accept that it is what it is. And I mentioned in a previous podcast, um, even with the things that I've gone through, In my most recent event with my family and the passing of my uncle and, you know, what his brothers had done to me and my own father had done to me, you know, I said, you know, I can sit and I can dwell on things, but like it passed and there's nothing that I can do about it once it passed and and it's over it is what it is at that point point. and the pearl in that lesson is that what I learned was I cannot change the past and if I hold on to it the only person that I'm really hurting is myself because my father and his brothers They moved on with what they had done to me without a second thought. And they're not thinking about the impact that their decision had on me. And you know, people are selfish. We live in a very selfish world. And people make decisions that are selfish. And this is why I say that I don't like selfish people. The reason why I don't like selfish people is because they make decisions that negatively impact me. Their decisions rob me of opportunities. And I would prefer if selfish people just keep their selfishness to themselves and not include me in it. And so I suppose in this young lady's life she will she will get the revelation that it is what it is and and she can't change the past she just has to accept it for what it is let the emotions just flow through her like get a therapist and like therapists are there so that you can dump on them that's what they're there for that's what you pay them for for them to listen and for you to get out your true feelings and to teach you um, better coping skills that's what a therapist is there for so i just wanted to share that little thing because i was watching this show loving listeners so anyway had a very interesting day today and so after work let me see something hold on try Uh and so after work um i was going home and I saw like some volunteers outside. They had some tables set up. They had like cases of food on the table. And I wondered what on the planet were they giving? And why is it this stuff is never on the news? I've You know, anytime there's a food pantry or, you know, some churches, they... Give away backpacks and school supplies to the children, you know, in August for the upcoming school year. I never see it on the the local news station. I never see it in flyers. So how do people know about these things? But yet there's always a line going like down the block and around the corner. So I decided... That I was going to stand on this food pantry line. And as I'm standing there, not for nothing, tribe, I was the only dark skinned person on that line. Everyone else spoke Spanish. Didn't matter if they came from Colombia, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, it doesn't matter. They spoke Spanish. And what was quite interesting is that there was. Some that didn't know the other person, but they would just strike up a conversation with the person and allow that person to get in front of them. Basically, cutting the line from everyone else. And this is something that I find to be rude that people do when they cut the line. I just so happen to be so far along in my level of maturity in womanhood that I am not pointing my finger in someone's face and raising my voice and got the whole neck movement going. I just say, excuse me, I've been on this line for such and such amount of time and you just kind of walked over here, but there's an entire line behind me. The line is back there. That's just what I do. And people, a lot of the times, they say, oh, sorry, sorry. And then some people will look me right in my face and will lie and say, oh, I was here already. When they say that, I just look at them like, bitch, I know you lying and you know you lying, but I'm not about to be out here scuffling with you on the pavement, okay, over you cutting the line." Like, I got better things to do. But I definitely give them that look. Like, bitch, you know you lying and I know you lying. So as I'm standing on this line, I'm noticing something. The workers there were putting cases upon cases upon cases of non-perishable food in their car. I also noticed that people are pulling up in Audis, Lexus, Mercedes-Benz, BMWs, nice little truck, four wheel drives, their little toes is done, their nails is done, eyebrows is done, they got on name brand flip-flops coach flip-flops at that. And I'm looking around, and I'm saying to myself, even though I'm standing there, I'm not, I'm not middle-class America. Technically, I am poor. However, I don't need, because God always provides. But I'm looking around and I'm saying these people' annual salary is way more than mine's. These pe- if you can drive a Range Rover, you're part of middle class America. You definitely shouldn't be on this line. But they were on the line. And so I started seeing the workers take frozen packages of meats to their car. Not one little package, a couple of packages. So I guess after the workers or or the volunteers had gotten their fill, that was when they allowed the people who were supposed to be indigent get food from the food pantry. But the indigent got what was left over after the employees and the volunteers had put things in the back of their cars. Trib- My cousins, I could not believe my eyes. I didn't know this type of thing happens at food pantries. So a lady that was just standing in front of me, she noticed how I was looking at what was going on, and she says, yeah, this happens all the time, you know, that's just what they do. So that's why I come early, because they take so much of it, and... <clears throat> they give the people what's left over, and um, they just keep giving until there is no more. I said okay. So I asked the lady, how, uh, "How do you get this information? Like where to go? Like, cause I I don't see it in the newspaper. I don't see it on the local news. I don't see no flyer." She said, "Well, it's just by word of mouth, but you can Google." like pantries in whatever city it is that you want to go to you put in a zip code and it will give you locations but there are certain places that have better things than others and then she told me about this one location where they were giving out um, perishable foods fruits and vegetables and they were fresh and she said the only thing with them is um, you have to consume it within two to three days, because after that, it goes bad, and you have to throw it away. said, okay. Then she started telling me about all these other places that she goes to and how they get donations from places like Trader Joe's, Costco's, Stu Leonard's, (laughs) Sam's Club, BJ's, you know, these sort of places. And I'm looking at this lady, and I'm saying to myself, How the hell did she even get this information? But I was glad that she told me basically to just Google it. And so after she gets done telling me about all the little locations of where to go where they have the good stuff, according to her, she turns and she says to me, don't tell anyone. I'm saying to myself, yeah, right. I'm I'm telling everybody that I come in contact with that I think can use it so I go up on the line drive and let me tell you something the, it, the, the meat that I saw them people putting into their cars it was chicken and shrimp and it was frozen like rock solid frozen and I was surprised at that. I got chicken, I got shrimp, I got uh, pizza, I got milk, I got eggs, I got um, fruits, I got bread, pastas, tuna fish, uh, all, uh, all sorts of things, you know, snacks. And I was blown away to be honest with you. I was blown away. So I ended up struggling because it was like uh, three bags, four bags of things. And one of the bags had like toiletries in it. Like toilet tissue, toothpaste, toothbrushes, um, Tylenol, shampoo, conditioner, comb, a brush, lotion, body wash, deodorant, like Anybody that got the and let me tell you something, it was the good stuff, like the body wash was done, the deodorant was done, the toothpaste and the toothbrushes was um, by Colgate, the shampoo and conditioner was Pantene, okay, this was some good stuff. The comb and the brush that was in the bag was the ones with the wooden handle. Now, the only people that will understand the comb and the brushes with wooden handle are those who are natural natural with their hair. You understand the value of a wooden um, brush and a comb and you also know how expensive that is. It wasn't a cheap one. And So I'm struggling <laughs> with these bags so I decided let me go get these old people carts you know it got two wheels it's like a bag on wheels And you kind of flip it back and just roll it and it's just easier. So I went and I got one of those. And I got a small one, which I actually regretted. I thought to myself, once I got home with it, I said, you know, I should have gotten a large one. It was only $2 more anyway. But I bless God that I had the money to even pay for it. And I bless God that I had gotten, like, all of this free stuff today. And so... One of my friends, he makes $45 an hour. I was talking to him and telling him about my experience on the food pantry line. And I had never seen anything like, like anytime I go past a particular indigent area and the people are lined up outside for food, I think in my mind, poor people are, are getting it, the people that get food stamps, those are the ones that should be getting it because the last I knew, food stamps didn't cover um, an entire month of food and especially if, you know, someone has sons and we've been in this pandemic and the shelves were in place and can't really you know, it's not too many places to go, it's not too many things to do, and so if you have one son, two sons, four sons, and they're all home all day and out in school, they're eating you out of a house and a home. And so the food stamps might not be enough to cover a month's supply of food. And so I think that those are the people that should be going to the food pantry. Um, The people that are homeless, it really wouldn't make sense for them to get the stuff because where are they going to cook it? Like, I got a whole chicken. If I slept outside, where am I going to go to cook this whole chicken? So I think it, it would be better for them to get more of the fruits than anything else because... Where are you going to cook shrimp at? Where are you going to cook your pasta at? So I think the people who, you know, are receiving food stamps, they're receiving WIC, um, you know, anyone that has access to a stove, I think those are the ones that should be getting the food from the food pantry. Not people who are pulling up in the Lexus And then a Mercedes-Benz and a BMW, a Range Rover. Not them people. And so as I'm talking to my friend about it, and I'm telling him, like, all of this good stuff that I got. And I said to him, you know, I didn't even know that they gave this type of thing. Uh, It was, like, really good stuff that I got. And, you know, I was just curious as to what it was that they were giving. So my friend, he says to me, well... You didn't really need it. I said, "No, I don't. No, I don't need it, but I am poor, even though I can afford to not have a roommate and 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 cover all of my bills. I still live in the hood. You know, I don't live in the projects, but I still live in the hood. I don't even have a car because I can't afford it so no I don't need it but I'm still poor and I'm thankful for everything that I got I'm gonna hold that chicken for Thanksgiving (laughs) it's a whole chicken so my friend says to me well you know these things has been happening since you know they started food pantry you know, in the state of New York. And he told me how he remembered that um, I think it was his father that had lost his job. And the mother was only working part time. And he said, you know, my parents, we just had to adjust what we ate a little bit until my father got another job. But that's all we did. We just adjusted what we ate. We never went you know to the food pantry to get any food because we didn't really like we could have used it but we didn't need it and then he tells me how there's people who comes from you know other cities into new york city because they have a family member in new york city and they get things from the food pantry. And he say, yeah, just like you saw them driving nice cars, I've seen them driving nice cars. And some of them, they'll have, you know, a family member that live in a whole nother state. And their license plate may say something like South Carolina, but their car is parked, you know, in Fleetwood, New York. And the reason he told me the reason why they do that is because um, the insurance for the car is about seventy percent less in another state than it is in New York, and I'm like completely blown away, like once again. And so he said something to me that was very profound, and I need to just give it some time to to digest. And here's what he said to me, these people that do these things with the car insurance and that, you know, they live in nice houses and drive nice cars and they're, you know, on the food pantry line, they don't consider what they're doing to be stealing. And those are the same ones that will go to church and when the collection plate goes around, they want to be cheap and give 10 or 15 dollars. Tribe, my cousins I'm not understanding how he is considering that stealing because in my mind like when I grew up stealing was you walk into whatever store and you take something and put it in your pocket without paying for it and you walk away like that's what I know stealing to be stealing is taking something from someone without them having knowledge of you stealing it so I'm not understanding if a person is on the food pantry line and they're being given something how is that stealing so I just need this to just marinate in my soul (laughs) for a little while I understand the moral of it because it's my sentiments exactly if you're middle class America and your annual salary let's say you're a single person and your annual salary is 50000 a year why the hell are you on the food pantry line? if you're two people And combined between the two, the household annual salary is $90,000 per year. Why the hell are you on the food pantry line? If you're driving the latest Audi car, which is a quite expensive car, why the hell are you on the food pantry line? I think that people should let those who really need it get it. If you go at the end of, you know, the time, let's say the food pantry is from 1 to 3, and you go at and stand on the line at like 2.30, 2.45, and you get whatever is left over, fine, take it. I'm a firm believer in waste not, want not. I try not to waste food. I try my best not to waste food because I don't like to um, waste something that God has blessed me with. I try my best. I don't always accomplish it, but I do try my best. I try not to buy anything unnecessarily, and I try not to make more than enough because I'm just feeding myself, and I know how I feel about leftovers. So like I said, Trav, I try my best. So if a person can, you know, get what's left over, and these things are not, you know, thrown away or going to waste, go ahead and take it. And as for the people that work there, I think what they do is wrong when they, when they, and I don't even have a problem with them getting first dibs because they work there. Don't be greedy. Like, what do you need with two cases of tuna fish? Take a couple of cans. And leave the case alone. Why do you need two cases of pasta sauce? What the hell are you making? How many kids do you got? I can understand the chicken, the shrimp, whatever. I can understand them taking two bags of shrimp. Two bags of chickens. Two whole chickens. It'll last you a little long. But again, that's to me, that's being greedy. If you're a family of four, and you know that you're here to do a service to the community by you know, giving away this stuff at the food pantry, why don't you just take either a whole chicken or a pack of chicken? Why do you need two and three and four? Let me tell you something, tribe. I watched them people put so much in the trunk of their cars. And there were probably about ten people in front of me. By the time I went up, I got the last bag of chicken, the last whole chicken, and the last bag of shrimp. So, nine people plus myself were able to get me something to to sustain their bones. This America, you know, people take advantage when they don't have to. And then the people that need, they can't get because the people that don't need know how to take advantage. They learned how to take advantage. And to me, that's not right. That's not right. The other thing I wanted to say is that my friend uh, whom makes $45 an hour, I just grew a new profound respect for him. Because I see that he is noble. He's noble, and as I was thinking about him today, I said to myself, "You know, I I like this guy. I like my friend. He's the friend that, oftentimes, I've prayed for. A friend who, who <clears throat> is similar to me, like." I'm an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. I have a job. He has a job. Like I like people who um, are selfless, who have integrity and who are noble. And he likes the same things. I try to conduct myself as a person who is selfless uh, uh, with integrity and nobility because I have morals. And I think about things before I do them. When I have a relationship with someone, uh, it's just for the relationship in itself. I don't particularly want anything, but the relationship. I don't want any money. I don't want a place to live. I don't want them to help me get a job. I don't want them to do anything. But when I need them to be there for me, Like maybe it's something really important. I need their ear. Maybe it's something really important to me. Like a milestone in my life. I want them to be there. You know, I I want them to be supportive emotionally of me. uh, And in some instances physically supportive. Um, This is just how I am. I'm one of those people that have a good heart. And I'm also learning to nip people in the bud right then and there because if you let somebody do something once, you know how it go they start figure skating and so I'm learning to do that I'm learning to balance doing that actually without threatening to whoop somebody's behind, don't trip God ain't through with me yet I said it before try Jesus, don't try me because I fight but I thank God that he works with me every day I thank God that he keeps me as a work in progress because I came a long way from slamming somebody's head into a concrete wall to restraining myself. It's plenty of days where I'll be wanting to push somebody's hairline back, but I think to myself, you know, you've done a really good job over the years. Would not punching somebody in their throat. He's done a really good job. With expressing how you feel. Without hitting. Like you're really doing well. With working on. Not cussing people out. And not threatening them. To whoop their behind. But instead. Expressing. How what they did. Made you feel. And how. It was wrong, that's womanhood, that's maturity. I've come a really long way from being a petty betty. Because let me tell you something, honey. I would teach a ninja a lesson in a heartbeat. And there's one thing that I know about life. Is that if you wait, to just wait, life is going to present you with an opportunity to get a ninja back. Oh, honey, I was the queen of revenge. Oh, honey, let me tell you something. I will wait an entire year. And, well, I used to wait an entire year to get revenge on something. Now, they done long forgot about it. And then I would come along and wait after that year. I would wait for an opportunity to, pre- to present itself, and then I would sting that ass. And they would never even know that it had came from me. Because they done forgot all about what they did to me. Oh, honey, let me tell you, the queen of revenge, I would sit and watch why people were mad because what you see on the surface is not what you get. Like I said with this girl on this show, the youngest girl on the show of loving listings, love and listings. Uh, she's like a little firecracker. She's always popping off. And she's very aggressive. But her anger is not really anger. It's hurt. And this is how I know this because I learned it many, many years ago. As I would sit and watch what people were mad about and I would figure out what hurt them. And as soon as they did something to me, I would sting them. From from behind a bush, I would sting them. I just want to sit there and watch them be in, in, in emotional pain. Say, see, that's how you made me feel. And sometimes I didn't even have to bother because God would fight my f- fight for me. Like He was, he was, the Bible say that God, what did it say? Hold on, try. The battle is not. Yours, it's the Lord's. That's what the Bible says. And he would come in <laughs> before I could execute, and he would the principle behind what a person had did to me, God would give it back to them. And God made it so that he would have that person come back and tell me what happened, and I would get to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And I loved it. And sometimes I would say, you know that's what you did to me. Now you know how you made me feel. And sometimes I wouldn't say anything at all. I would just sit there and watch them cry. Say, this is interesting. That's when I learned that people will do things to you that they wouldn't like it if it was done to them. They wouldn't like it. So, back to my friend. I went off on a little rabbit trail. So my friend, I'm really like, like he's earning my trust. And I sit and I think to myself, yeah, he's my friend. And I could take him out of the friend zone anytime I want to. And I come across a lot of knuckleheads, scallywags, and vagabonds. And this guy is far from that. This man is far from that. He's he's earning my trust and he doesn't even realize that he's earning my trust. The one thing that I need in a relationship with a man is knowing that he knows how To protect my heart. That's the main thing. And the reason why I require this is because, you know, you can confide in somebody about something and an argument will happen and they'll throw it back in your face. I don't think that he's the type of person to do something like that. And I think that if he were to bring up something from the past, it's really to use that to explain why his answer is no to something. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, Tribe, I'm no fool. I know that that type of person can be a dangerous person. Because people like that, when they, when they understand people, they'll know you better than you know yourself. And if they want to hurt you, they will hurt you to the core of your soul. And if they want to make you happy, they will put you in a place of ecstasy. You'll be so happy. It's kind of like they can make you or break you. And that's that's the part that, you know, I'm not trusting. That, it's that part right there. So... I don't know if I'm going to take him out the friend zone today, September 3rd, 2020. I'm going to tell you he's not getting out of that friend zone. That can change. It has the potential to change. We just have to talk about some things because he has some habits that I don't particularly care for. And I know that I have some habits that... He wouldn't particularly care for. We would both have to stop, you know, those habits. And I think, I think that would be it. I do think my friend is a tad bit of an asshole. I think he's a tad bit of an asshole. But he's right. He's right. So, I just wanted to share with you guys in a nutshell. That I need to digest this Thing that my friend is calling stealing. These people who are driving these nice vehicles and live in nice houses and they're standing on the food pantry line. They make me wonder what else are you doing? What are you getting from the government? For free. What else? What else are you deceiving people out of? What are you getting that you really don't need? I don't know, but this new concept of stealing is very, very new to me. So I'm going to think about that. And um, after I digest it, I'm going to go back and talk to my friend about it some more and see why he calls it stealing. And I'll probably do another podcast about it. So anyway... At this point, it's after 1 (laughs) a.m., and I need to get some rest as I have work in the morning. Shalom, cousins, and if no one didn't tell you today, know that even though we are strangers and we do not know each other, we have never spoken and we have never met, know that I do love you. I have an agape love for my cousins. And it is genuine because I genuinely have a good heart and I am genuinely selfless. Shalom.